0: You are listening to From the Midwest to the Middle East, the latest on US tax, Israeli economy, and lots of in-between. Interviewing Israeli and international experts.
1: Chicago, Chicago.
0: Welcome to our podcast. I am Philip Stein, president of Philip Stein and Associates. Hi Jay, this is Philip Stein. I'm very happy to be speaking with Jay Zwibel today. Uh, who is the Managing Director of HGI and Executive Vice President of Harbor Group Israel Limited. Uh, Jay is, uh, or Harbor Group and Jay, are a very well-known name in Israel, in particular in the the area of investing in U.S. real estate. And I thought we would take a few minutes today of Jay's time to discuss what's going on in the U.S. uh, real estate market and how Israelis over the years have invested and continue to invest, and, and just how the, the market is shaping up. So Jay, thank you for joining me today.
1: Hi, how are you,
0: Phillips? I'm doing fine. So let me, uh, I see you have an interesting background. Uh, you've, you started out uh, as a lawyer. You've also worked on, uh, in high tech, uh, but sometime, I guess, around... Uh, Fifteen years ago, you decided to uh, go into uh, investing in U.S. real estate. So tell me how that educational path led you to such a decision.
1: Well, Harbour Group has been around, obviously, much before I joined them in 2003. Harbour Group started in '85 as a property management company. And since the beginning of the 90s, has been purchasing real estate in the States. Um... I guess my connection to Harbour Group is through my father, David Zubel, who is a partner at Harbour Group, and that, that's how I joined Harbour Group in 2003. In Harbour Group, we out of the partners, I think three of us are lawyers, and obviously it helps a lot. the The legal background is, is a lot very helpful when it comes to negotiating the agreements, whether it's with the whether it's buying a property financing or with potential partners and investors.
0: Okay, so it it certainly would seem for your group in particular, uh, I think 1998, uh, that's the year that I believe you you merged
1: uh, with
0: Harbor Group, and of course that was also the the year historic for Israeli purposes where Israelis were free, they were unshackled by currency restrictions. And you obviously had uh, an interesting product to offer in terms of an investment. Uh, How would you say things have changed? I understand you joined the group a little later, but from those early days in terms of talking to an Israeli who had never invested in real estate outside of Israel compared to today.
1: Well, I think the biggest change that's very clear today, as opposed to, I would say, five, six years ago, is that... A few years ago, you would talk to Israeli investors about a deal in the States, and they would typically laugh at you and say that they can make double that in Poland and in Eastern Europe, in countries I never heard of. Uh, and I think that uh, 2007, 2008 proved that um, investing in more stable markets is, has a lot of advantages. In particular, in the States, uh, the fundamentals of the U.S. um, since 2009 have been much better than the other, Well, I would say, the Western countries. So if you're comparing um, what's happening in the States today to the U.K. or to Germany, um, I think you're finding much more opportunities in the States. Today's Wall Street Journal had a headline that many U.K. investors cannot compete on UK properties, I'm not interested in buying other European properties, and actually looking to buy in the States.
0: Understood. So uh, I would say then, based on what you're saying with the, what the, the disaster that certainly happened in Eastern Europe, the uncertainty in Western Europe, uh, the U.S. Is a, looks like a good location. Is it, is it uh, something that you're finding Israelis are, are seeking out more or you're having to sell less and they're coming to you?
1: Well many Israelis are definitely going flowing into the states um it's not only the individuals it's the institutionals and not only going to the states is new in addition to that it's it's the it's perceiving understanding the multifamily as being a a very good asset class until i mean we we have insurance companies that have been investing with us for years, but I would say until the last two years. It was very hard for them to understand um, the multifamily market as a as a as a regular real estate investment.
0: So that's uh, just for my own education and for anyone who's been listening to this podcast. What would you say is the attractiveness, or what's the thing one should know about investing in a multifamily these days in 2012? Well,
1: first, okay, first of all, multifamily is a is, is a complex or a building. That is for rental only, so the owner can be a harbor group or an individual that um, rents the apartments uh, to to other individuals. This is as opposed to a private home or a condo. the The big advantage in multifamily currently is that there are a few factors that are really helping the multifamily market today. The first is the home ownership percentage which historically has been in a 65% area, has gone up to 70% in 2007, meaning out of the 120 or more million houses in the states or apartments in the states, 70% were owned um, and the balance were renters. That is very, Historically, that's very high. In the past uh, two to three years, the 70% has gone down to 64%, and it's projected that it will continue to go down to 60%. I guess the main reason to that is the perception that a house or the value of the house always goes up, has gone away. And people understand that there are risks in buying a house. You cannot get the very high leverage that you used to get in you know, the good days of 2007. Therefore, many of the people that used to or we're going to buy houses to live in, actually are going back to renting. So that is one very strong factor that's, that's giving a uh, backwind to the multifamily sector. Yeah. In addition to that, um, there's a very little construction of multifamily units in the States. That will change, I would guess, let's say two years from now, but currently it's still very little. So all these together are... Um, are uh, actually bringing the multifamily to in the late. This, this started, I would say, 2000 and mid 2010, 2011. We're actually seeing an increase in rents in multifamily in the states in the last two years. Okay, Expected to continue at least the next three years. That's it's
0: fascinating because I, I when I think of my uh, own uh, historical viewpoint, uh, when I was very young, when I was a kid, uh, a teenager, I knew many people who whose parents rented that they, they that was their life they they were renters okay they never aspired to own a home or they didn't desire to own a home and then i you know recall in the 70s and 80s we had the phenomena where those multifamily dwellings uh someone came up with the idea and said well why don't we carve them up and turn them into condominiums and then i guess there was a period where people were avoiding rental and l- only looking to buy condos uh so do you think we're gone full circle now? Is that what, you, what it appears to you?
1: We definitely have. And, and again, I mean, the numbers are, are giving, a, a, I think, a strong story that um, I, I went through with people who are not buying anymore. And when prices of homes go down, that it gives give the temptation to buy a house. But we're not where we were um, a few years ago, and I'm not sure we'll get there so fast. So that, that definitely is a very significant change. In in the U.S. today. So,
0: for someone who's anticipating or would come to you and say that that sounds like the type of investment I want to go into, you tell them the return. Uh, what what type of commitment are they making in terms of time to to, to you?
1: You talking about the the investment? The, yeah, the length.
0: Yeah, the the horizon of the investment. Okay.
1: I mean, this really depends on the on the on the company and the investor. We typically are looking at a holding period of somewhere between three to five years. That's our investment horizon. That's what we're typically looking for in investments. And that's mostly because we are very IRR-driven. So if we think that we brought the property to a, we position the property where uh, more or less it's going to get stable from that point and on, that would usually be a time that we would be ready to sell.
0: Okay. Now, I know, having, you know, had exposure for many, many years to Harbor Group, um, clients of mine who have invested with you, uh, in the past I tended, and we've discussed this, that you would tend to take a specific project, market it, and the investor knew that they were investing in a specific building or project. Recently you had told me that you, Harbor Group, was taking a a new approach or a different approach that you were actually going to have a fund where people were not uh, investing in a specific project. And I, I'm curious how you guys came to that or, or, or what do you see as the advantages as opposed to the, you know, the older investments that I used to see?
1: Okay, so first of all, we still, we still actually do both. We, okay. we, we do a deal-by-deal, deal, so we have our investors that choose to come into to deals that we do and we offer them to come into deals. But I guess in addition to that, we, we have the funds. And, and the main reason we started the funds, well, first of all, because the, the bigger investors we had, and bigger I mean in size of investment and in number of investors, it became harder for us to reserve a, a spot in every deal for, for every investor. And what is most important to us is to get the investors to invest in every deal we do. I mean, we currently manage more than eighty properties, and we 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 want our investors to spread their risks in every investment we do we do so that's really the the main drive for these funds is saying if you if you're coming into our deals anyway, then you're better off knowing in advance that you'll be in every deal we have and have exposure to everything we're doing rather than going into one deal and then forgetting to come into the next five deals. Um, we, we just found it to be much safer for the investors to commit for the, the, the funds, which are very short in their investment period in any event, than uh, just the choosing to go into uh, every deal. And we we're finding that more and more investors are understanding that.
0: Very, very, very interesting. Uh, what other type of things you have specific? Let's say, as you said, multifamily, the fund. Yeah,
1: so So multifamily is definitely one sector. The fund actually goes into every deal we do. So one of the investment sectors is the multifamily. The other is office buildings. We, in the last, uh, well, since or until the beginning of 2010, we haven't been in New York. Um, Two years ago, we started to buy office buildings in New York City. Um, currently, the prices are a little high, but we're still looking. We, we like that market very much, but we we're still. Uh, I think there will be opportunities in office buildings in 2012, mostly in the secondary market, and that's what we're focusing on this year. Uh, in addition to office buildings, the third sector that we're looking into, we we, we only started buying that again in 2010 is uh, triple net long-term leases on retail. It could be a Walgreens or a CVS on a very long-term lease. Um, Those are types of deals that were trading at lower cap rates prior to 2008, and currently, although prices have gone up in in those types of deals in the last year, but we're still seeing interesting opportunities there, especially because of the, the gap, the difference between the cap rates and the um, financing, the interest rates on financing today, which are still very low.
0: Very, very interesting. I, I guess what I'd like to ask you now is, let's take an Israeli, not an institutional investor now, but an individual Uh they may have never invested in the U.S. market, or they may have invested uh, a few years ago, and there was a, a lot of Israelis who got burned. I'd say in the you know earlier part of the the, the last decade uh, after the 2007-2008 meltdown, what what should they really know uh, in general about U.S. real estate or or going or or taking part of their portfolio and having it in in U.S. real estate as as your group sees it?
1: Well, first of all, one thing that's very important for investors to understand is that investing in the States, especially I mean for Israeli investors, investing in the States means to file tax returns in the States and pay taxes in the States. There is a tax treaty between the U.S. and Israel, but it's something that if an investor has never invested in the States, that's something that they will have to get used to. That's obviously something that your firm does a lot. Right. Um, in addition to that, um, it's important to, for us, for the investors to understand that every deal has its risks and the markets shifted a few years ago and they may shift again. Um, but in terms of timing, I think that since the middle of 2010, and I believe until the end of 2012 is still a very good time to buy real estate in the States. And, and one more issue which is important for investors to understand is that when I call it that like there is a cap rate trap in many deals. Uh, many investors, foreigners, are, are tempted to go into deals just because they have very high cap rates, very high returns. And they ne- neglect to either look at the area or to look at the price per square foot or price per unit, which could be very high. So that that's something that I've. I mean, I, many deals that we're seeing and many deals that we see that Israelis like very much um, typically have very high cap rates. But we need to go back to the fundamentals of real estate and as looking at the price per square foot, um, looking at the area, um, et cetera.
0: Well, I I do I was able to attend the. Uh, you, the Harbor Group had a seminar, I think it was a month or so ago, and uh, one of the things that stuck, I remember, you know, Jordan Sloan, who is your chairman and chief executive officer, said that if anyone says uh, you make money on every deal, run the other way. He said mm-hmm. uh, we make money on most of them, but not everyone can be uh, can be a winner, and I think that. To me, I see that when p- other cl- you know clients of mine are being uh, looking at real estate investments, be it in the states these days, uh, it seems they're sold. Well, you can't lose. Okay, so that to me is already a, a, should be a red light. Um, but at the end of the day, the Israeli who comes to you again. I've seen a lot of people over the years who have been with you long term. They go to one deal, they get out, they they keep the money with you. Uh, do you see even Second generation participants, uh, you know, do you see multi generational people and families investing with you? Is that a trend you're seeing?
1: The answer is yes. Sometimes the older generation starts investing when the younger is involved, and many times we we actually have these. Um, it's like we call it the next generation meetings, and we sit with the next generation, explain to them what we've been doing and helped um i don't say i don 't say a transition but at least at the first point, first level for them to understand what what we're doing what their parents have been doing with us yeah and typically they they do continue investing with us i mean what we what's very important for us is the long term relationships with our investors, and we always say we're looking at a relationship not at the specific deal we're going into and what it's a specific investment the investment put into a specific deal but rather they had a relationship
0: okay so i think I, i'm going to end on, on this relationship issue I, i'm in the service business and although you're in the real estate business i sense that the fact that you do have a local office here in israel uh... that you can give that kind of service gives you a big advantage uh... How do you find that in terms of to the Israeli investor that you are, even though you're, you're selling a product that is across the ocean, but that there is someone here in a local language, local time zone, uh, how, how do you find that's helped uh, facilitate in, your investments and, and service your, your clientele?
1: Well, many of our investors are Anglo, so they they don't need the language, or they don't have the language barrier. But the time zone and understanding the mentality, uh, and many times when we're doing um, very complex negotiations between whether it's it's mostly obviously with institutionals or with with uh, public companies, and the American side, there is a gap in the mentality, and it definitely helps that there's someone here in Israel understanding. The issues, I, I usually could even anticipate the question before it's asked because we are, we're still sitting at the same side of the ocean and, and looking at for, from from here. Obviously I'm there a lot, but I think it helps a lot that they have an address here. And, and again, I'm going back to, to the accounts. I think you know it. But for, for most, most Anglos that live in Israel, it, and and um, I, I tell every one of my investors, it's just much easier to use a firm here in Israel, an accounting firm in Israel, than going to find someone in New York. Uh, you know, just because it's in New York, people like that. It just makes it much easier. And and when someone needs to send information from their U.S. tax account, um, um, consultant to their Israeli tax consultant, it's much easier if it's someone here in Israel than rather than someone in the states.
0: Okay, Jay, is is there anything you'd like to add, anything I've left out uh, that we may not have covered? All right, so I think what I'd like to ask, first I'd like to thank you, and second of all, maybe we will uh, have the the follow-up conversation uh, at the end of this year, see how 212 did for the U.S. real estate market, Harbor Group in particular, and we'll see who the next president is. So uh, I look forward to that. I hope we could do that. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jay. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Feel free to visit us at www.peacestine.com or look for Philip Stein Associates on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Goodbye.